You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. This is Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan podcast. Today, my guest on the show is Che Tingye. Ting is the editor-in-chief of Kadakalan Media, vice chairman of the Global Taiwan Institute, and longtime watcher of Taiwan politics. With the next presidential election coming up in Taiwan on January 11th, I thought it would be a good idea to do a podcast about this particular topic. Welcome to the podcasting. My pleasure. Great. Um, so let's start a little bit about like um, what, how the presidential elections in Taiwan work. Um, for people who don't know, like Taiwan's had direct presidential elections since um, '96, um, and what does that actually mean to directly elect the president? Uh, sure. So um, basically, the presidential election in Taiwan is the um, biggest, the most um, highly anticipated election in uh, the country, right? And so it's, um, you know, not that different from our own elections here in the United States. Um, everybody really, you know, really wants to know who the next president is going to be, and the people who are vying for that position really take it uh, seriously. Um, in Taiwan, um, as uh, you mentioned, Taiwan really only started electing um, directly its president in two, uh, two, 1996, right? And so um, before that, you had um, a, well, formally before that, you have the president was selected by a group um, called the National Assembly, which um, at, at the time was not actually formally elected. So this was uh, back in the time when Taiwan was a one-party authoritarian state. Um, 1996 was the first time that people, if anybody, uh, anybody eligible in Taiwan could vote for um, the person they want to be president. In, in, um, and it's very simple. Whoever gets the most number of votes from all the votes counted in the country um, becomes the president. So there's um, nothing like the electoral college, you know, um, counting by state, um, and it's not like other countries where you have uh, different rounds of voting. Basically, whoever gets the most, uh, the highest number of votes becomes the president, and that's how it works in Taiwan. Great. Um, what are the? But what about what does it take to qualify to be a presidential um, candidate? What? How do you qualify to run for that position? Um, so the formal uh, qualification. So you have to be. Uh, I believe it's 40 years old, um, and then there are some residency requirements in Taiwan. Um, there's no formal re um, requirement that you have to be actually born in Taiwan, um, unlike here in the States. Uh, but of course, you know, if you want to, for any of you out there listening who is thinking you might want to do this one day, um, obviously you would have to, uh, you know, have a career that is um, in public policy, in politics, um, and the interesting thing with Taiwan is that since there's only been um, one, two, three, four, only been four people directly elected president in Taiwan, uh, basically ever, hmm. um, it's uh, it's interesting to see how each of them kind of got there, right? What are their sort of life uh, paths? What are their careers? How did they end up there? And, you know, it's not always a straight, I mean, it's never really a straight line mm -hmm. that you end up becoming mm -hmm. president of the country. Right. Um, but, um, 
So, for example, the first uh, directly like the president Li Denghui was really a technocrat. Um, he really worked his way up through um, you know policy making, and then obviously getting into the inner circles of um, back then the um, one party state, and then be- becoming nominated by the KMT, um, you know, like the president. Um, otherwise, to basically have um, to become leaders of um, either the KMT, the Chinese Nationalist Party, or the um, DPP, the Democratic Progressive Party, um, and then you know get them getting the nomination and then running for president. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a lot. There are many other people who have tried and did not become president in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people, um, you know, range from you know other party leaders um, to prominent. Um, Business people to um, you know people just um, you know with an idea and um, you know wanted the platform. So um, yeah, it's a uh, it's I would say it takes I mean the formal qualifications, but it obviously takes a lot of planning, a lot of skill, um, you know, a lot of passion, of course, but you know a lot of luck as well to mm-hmm. get president. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable when you put it that way. When you think that there's only been four people ever elected to be president of Taiwan, so um, still democracy is still very young there. Um, And uh, so, for people who haven't really been watching um, or aware of like the issues in this election, like could you just um, share some thoughts to get people up to date about what? Um, is going on and who are the candidates and what is sure. influencing the election? Um, so um, there are um, essentially three candidates in uh, the race this year. There's um, President Tsai Ing-wen, who is the current president, the incumbent president from the Democratic Progressive Party. There's uh, Han Guoyu, who is um, currently the mayor of uh, Kaohsiung, the southern uh, metropolis. Um, he is running for the Chinese Nationalist Party, the KMT. And then there's uh, Jing Song, who is running for uh, the People's First Party. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, This year's election is a little different from in the past. Um, there are many things that are different, many things are the same. But um, I think this year, um, people who, in, within Taiwan, I think, the, the theme really has kind of boiled down to um, what do you do about China? Mm-hmm. Um, and this has obviously been a theme throughout Taiwan's public, like, political history for the last, um, you know, say almost 100 years, mm-hmm. um, especially during the democratic time. This is a democratic period. This is where, um, you know, sort of the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in, in Taiwan, um, the two major political camps, right? The, the the way kind of people, the biggest disagreement in politics in Taiwan is, um, you know, do we, are we, should we become defiant? Should we be defiant and should we kind of stand up for ourselves against China or should we either, um, you know, play nice or even, um, you know, uh, compromise with China because they're, you know, so aggressive. Um, or so scary, right? And so mm-hmm. that's sort of the two main views in Taiwan about what to do with China. Um, and so the DPP is on the side of, you know, we should stand up for ourselves, we should protect ourselves, we should, um, you know, say no to China's bullying, whereas on 
the KMT side, um, their view is more, well, we should play nice, um, even to the point where, um, you know, it, you know, we shouldn't promote them to the point where, you know, we should be even closer to them because um, we have cultural affinities, etc. The major cleavage. In, um, so this year, um, I think there's um, a couple of things that people are watching. One, obviously, what's going on with uh, Hong Kong. That's been in the news and that's been, been on a lot of people's minds. Uh, about, and, you know, and I think that plays a little bit more to um, the DPP where people are saying, well, you know, if we give an inch to China, they take a foot and, you know, we don't want to do that. And we really want to keep our way of life without too much Chinese influence. Um, and so that's um, kind of thing the BPP's hand. With the KMT, um, I think they've, um, they're in, in a little bit more of a disarray right now. I think um, there is um, sort of a, there's was an internal debate of, you know, whether we should sort of try to forge some sort of a compromise position. I think right now um, the candidate Han Guo, he, he is much more of a, you know, I'm just going to um, about this image, like I'm the man of the people, um, you know, as long as we, as long as you follow me, well, I'm going to make everybody rich. Um, that's what he says, but um, he really doesn't have much of a solid policy backing to that. Um, I think a lot of that, um, and he really doesn't have much of a. Um, clear, clear China policy. Other than you know, if we if we're nice to them, we should be nice to them. That's how we can make money. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, his track record too. I mean, he really came out of nowhere, getting elected as the um, mayor of Kaohsiung, right? And now he's running for president. Yeah, and so um, I guess we should talk a little bit more about him. So and the KMT in general. So the KMT in the past have um, mostly nominated um, sort of the party elite, right? And that's kind of mm-hmm. normal. Okay? Party leader, the party chairman, or, um, you know, the you know the, these candidates mostly have had uh, overseas education in Ivy League school. Um, my mind, Joe, was a, uh, went to NYU and Harvard for mm-hmm. his advanced law. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, these very kind of shiny, uh, you know, like, very top of the, you know, like, Top of the crop, so to speak, of people in their community, right? Yeah, intellectually elite. Right. And so this year, um, they've sort of, in a sense, I guess that the strategy has been different, right? They picked somebody who, um, you know, had been in politics for a very long time, but was always on sort of the fringes, uh, kind of, you know, taking these, uh, he's sort of a marginal character. and he kind of came out last year, um, ran for mayor of Kaohsiung. So in Kaohsiung, uh, Kaohsiung has been a DPP stronghold for the last, um, you know, many years, for the last 10, 20 years. He comes out and then wins this um, surprise election yeah, in Kaohsiung. Yeah, right. Um, and, he, you know, using a lot of tactics that I would say are, um, you know, very appealing to kind of um, people who are a little bit tired of having elites and the well-educated mm-hmm. uh, represent them in politics, mm-hmm. right? So these people are, if you can think of, you know, we don't, we, we want people who are a little bit like us, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want mm-hmm. you know, very polished people in power. We want people who, you know, speak their mind. We want people who, uh, you know, tell it like it is. Right? And he, <laughs> Sounds like, familiar. <laughs> uh, well, 
<laughs> so he certainly kind of fits that bill when he was running for uh, mayor of Baoshan, uh-huh. and he was elected. Um, in addition to that, there are some um, some evidence that suggests that there um, is also um, election meddling and uh, uh, disinformation coming from um, China that may have helped him um, in this campaign. Uh-huh. Um, and so there, yeah. And so that's actually a um, pretty big topic in Taiwan right now. Um, you know how just how um, how much uh, Taiwan society is influenced by China and through what channels. So that's sort of a topic that's being discussed in Taiwan these days as well. Oh yeah, uh, that could be a whole other podcast about like the influence because the way that they're doing. There's so many different ways to do with technology yeah. and um, social media and different kinds of phone apps and um, all the it's different level of fake news. Yeah, and this is um, obviously very timely to listeners in uh, the United States as well, right? If we, you know, we, people here have been talking about um, disinformation, fake news, um, you know, and just how we consume information, how we get our um, information, which um, in a democratic society is what helps us make informed choices, right? And so that is a um, obviously a very big global topic these days. Um, Taiwan actually is sort of on the forefront of this. Um, because, as uh, as you said, there's um, you know, not only are people using. So if 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 you imagine how bad Russian um, can meddle in the, in American democracy, mm-hmm. right? Think mm-hmm. how much um, China, which essentially speaks the same language in Taiwan, um, can do the same, right? And so. Um, so that's been kind of the topic, but you know, mm-hmm. to be fair on the KMT side, um, you know, I think there are people who do support the KMT who are thinking, hey, you know, this is all good, but you know, we can't, we can't always, uh, you know, we have to be a little bit more strategic and smart about how we deal with China. We can't always have, um, we can't always be defined, or we can't always um, put up this sort of you know, I'm going to fight you kind of stance, mm. right? So there are people who are like that as well. Um, unfortunately, the candidates who sort of represent that faction of people did not win out in the primary, in the KMT primaries. Um, so now you have um, Han Guoyu, which is a um, sort of an altogether different kind of campaign, different kind of ca- uh, candidate in Taiwan politics these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean by altogether different kind of candidate? Um, yeah, so um, I think in so in, in Taiwan historically, as I said, people um, the biggest cleavage is this China issue, right? And I think um, for the most part, I think people understand there really isn't much you can do in the very short run, right? You can, there's not much mm-hmm. you can do in that's going to change mm-hmm. how China behaves or that's going to change how Taiwan and China. Uh, um, you know how things work internationally with um, China's influence or Taiwan's uh, stature in the international community. I think people understand that that um, isn't something that's going to change overnight. However, um, I think it's this difference, you know, this sort of almost extent, existential difference, right? How we deal with China and who are like are we Taiwan, um, you know, trying to fend off China or are we? 
um, Chinese in Taiwan who are trying to work something out with China uh, or with mm. Beijing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how um, you know some that difference is actually um, it, it's not exactly very easy to to discuss that difference and come up with something practical, mm -hmm. right? And so political debate in Taiwan um, on this front is. Um, and I think people sort of by now, after sort of 30 years of, you know, sort of back and forth on this topic, I think people right now, um, you know, I, they, it, it's, I think people realize that it's very hard to have a, you know, engaged and sort of civic discussion about just exactly who we are or who the Taiwanese, the people in Taiwan are and how do we deal with China, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so... I think, like, the, in the last um, 30 years during um, when Taiwan had electoral democracy, people have had um, periods of where, you know, like, domestic issues were um, highly contested, debated, um, you know, and these are things that people generally can have differences about. Um, so, for example, nuclear power, um, for example, um, you know, housing policy mm -hmm. uh, is... I saw some of the, the things on, you know, sort of your average democratic society, mature democratic society would have, you know, the policy debates about. Mm -hmm. So these, um, so right now in this moment for this particular election, my personal sense is that these discussions have basically been overshadowed by the China mission. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that sense, uh, it's a... So in, in that sense, it, it's it's a little bit, this campaign, you know, kind of magnifies that, you know, elephant in the room, right? So the elephant in the room, in a sense, have grown to the point where all the other issues that people may actually do care a lot about kind of gets overshadowed. Yeah. Uh, and then in addition, Tang Guoyu, uh, again, being a uh, sort of an unconventional candidate from the KMT, um, you know, who is not elite, uh, mm -hmm. not, you know, Ivy League mm -hmm. educated, mm -hmm. uh, speaks and acts like the man of the you know, mm -hmm. man of the people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you know, he, uh, he says, I get drunk, I play mahjong, I gamble, <laughs> and that's great. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. like you guys, because mm -hmm. you guys all do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he is, uh, you know, very much, um, you know, says a, a lot of very, very politically incorrect things. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You know, such as, oh, you know, we want to open our immigration to uh, essentially, you know, Westerners who are highly educated, but now we're all getting these Marias from the Philippines, right? So it's <laughs> you know, derogatory for <laughs> right. immigrants of uh, darker skin from yeah. the South, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, familiar? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he is, um, you know, kind of grabbing the market, and he does have um, these diehard hands, and the problem, the question now is, um, are KMT, is the rest of the KMT voters or, you know, people who tend to vote in the middle, people who are independents, you know, are they going to go for that kind of candidate, uh, that kind of a style? Um, I mean, we'll find out in three weeks. Right, so. right. Well, and what about the fake news that you mentioned that you said was somehow tied to Hong Kong? I mean, are people like, concerned about that um pe are people talking about this in taiwan do they realize do they um realize this is an issue is it impacting people's opinions in this election 
Um, well, if you are a Hanguo supporter, obviously you don't think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, I think for people who are um, more wary of China, um, and now there's just at least among this demographic, there's a lot more talk about how um, you know there are uh, you know just a, a, a lot of how. Everything in in sort of their, your daily life now has sort of a tinge of uh, you know Chinese influence, mm. uh, and so and this is um, different even from say I would say maybe like three four years ago um, even right and so um, and this is something that I think people are feeling around the world as well right and so for example um, I think like in the last couple of years um, many international brands are now. Um, Actively being uh, asked or forced to uh, list Taiwan as Taiwan China, mm-hmm. um, and on, um, right, and you have um, you know international brands with advertisement that um, you know maybe suggestive of something that Beijing doesn't like. Um, you know they will make a fuss about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for example, there was a um, bubble tea, right? Mm-hmm. So. Even earlier this year, there was a big, um, big controversy where bubble tea companies in Taiwan or their franchises in China basically have to come out and um, basically proactively proclaim that they are loyal to um, Beijing and they are loyal. They do not support the Hong Kong mm-hmm. protester. They have, you know, they support one country two systems. They support unification of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and this, I mean, even in the past, I think people knew that, you know, okay, they if they're doing business in, business in China, they're not going to come out and say, I'm for Taiwan independence, that's okay. But now it's like, well, now we, they, they can't even stay silent on the subject. They have to come out and declare their loyalty to Beijing, right? Um, even just, uh, you know, a few days ago, um, President Tsai Ing-wen made a video with a, um, I want to say it was a YouTuber, basically an online celebrity, that he, um, in the video, called for a president, and then basically his um, his partner in China basically had to cut ties with him. And the scary thing about mm-hmm. that is um, his uh, Weibo account mm-hmm. um, basically summarily um, taken over. They, Weibo basically changed his path and password so wow. he cannot he can no longer access his oh, wow. yeah so it's like well they could do that yeah like, yeah well they do what that's china they just they do what they do they do what they wanted to they don't like somebody up there doesn't like what you said mm-hmm. and so the, the company can basically change your own personal account uh, which is if you think about it as americans that's just you know that it's well, yeah that should be it's, fine right yeah uh, even if you say um you know things on facebook that if you criticize Mark Zuckerberg or if you criticize President Trump, you're not your your account should be automatically right. frozen, right? Right. right. And so, um, and this happened this week, um, wow. you know. And so, I think, you know, this is not to mention uh, how uh, the Chinese government is um, pretty much directly control um, controlling the content of. Um, one of the four major newspapers in Taiwan, mm-hmm. um, the China Times. Mm-hmm. This was detailed in um, a um, Financial Times and Reuters mm-hmm. uh, report. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this is not to mention how um, a lot of local radio stations um, have um, basically been bought up or have um, investment and now you know basically have to cater to what their uh, Chinese investors or mm -hmm. um, you, know, mm -hmm. you know want or you know mm -hmm. don't want mm -hmm. right um, and also you have local community leaders or um, you know going to China on these like paid trips or quote-unquote cultural um, exchanges right and so um, you know they they basically pay for you know these people's ways to China and then you know basically you know they they basically spend a lot you know time in China you know having shown them a good time mm -hmm. you know basically showing them around and also you know the, Giving them choice, you know, giving them a, a chance to say they're from Taiwan, they love the motherland, etc. Right, and so yeah, so a lot of these um, campaigns, a lot of what has been going on is now being talked about, um, at least um, on the EPP side of things. Right? Okay, so, yeah, that was my next question: if any of the presidential candidates are addressing these issues, or if it's becoming a topic of discussion. I mean, it's a topic of discussion. I don't think the presidential candidates themselves are addressing this particular mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the, I, my guess is that um, in Taiwan, I, I don't know if people really knows how to talk about this as a political issue, right? Because you're sure. really, you're really. It's one thing to say, okay, based on the facts, my ideas, but my my ideas better than yours, right? Based on the same set of facts, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it's another thing to say, well, your facts are wrong, right? It's a, it's another thing to just say, well, basically everything you believe is fake, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's it's I mean it's very hard to have any sort of dialogue when you're not even living in the same. You're not perceiving the world in the same way. Right, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I think the China question is um, basically the question that everybody is talking about. Um, I think the presidential candidates, um, you know, know that's, you know, kind of the, the one main issue in town. Right, um, but do you think that's overshadowing like some other real issues, like you mentioned, like other hot button issues that people like have often like um, protested about, like nuclear power and different things? Um, I definitely. Um, I think in so in the last four years, I just look at President Tsai's um, time in office, so her first term. Um, there have been um, big controversies over um, labor standards, right? Mm -hmm. So this is top minimum wage, um, you know, mandated vacation time, etc. Right. So that was a big issue. Um, to the point where the DPP itself kind of reversed itself twice. Mm. I'm trying to get it it's trying to quote unquote get it right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well obviously you're gonna piss off half, you know, yeah. half no yeah. matter what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's obviously the nuclear power um, was a big issue uh, last year last November on the um, Dalam measure, I think there were, I mean, there were several um, power, like, power energy policy questions uh, on the Dalam measure. Mm -hmm. um, Same-sex marriage was um, a big issue for the last four years. Um, and I think there are um, some people running on that, um, basically trying to reverse same-sex marriage in Taiwan. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, there none of these people are really getting much airtime, mm-hmm. um, at least the surface, right? Because um, you know the China question is such a big one these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you think is people's sentiment on President Tsai? Like, what's her approval rating these days? Um, I think right now, um, if, if you're talking about her electability, I think she is. I want to say she is um, a good. Okay. Yeah, I think I want to say she's a good fifteen, at least fifteen percent above uh, past her. Um, Next opponent, uh, Han Guoyu. Mm-hmm. Um, approval, um, obviously, in the last four years have gone up and down um, to the point where last November, um, her party, the DPP, suffered a big defeat in the local election, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, the, similar to the states, uh, when you have midterm elections, people see that as sort of a um, report card on the national mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a huge defeat for the DPP. Um, her uh, approval ratings were not very, uh, obviously, not very good then. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, this past year, I think her approval ratings have um, improved quite a lot. <clears throat> and I think, um, again, what the problem is, is that even within the DPP supporters, um, people have very widely ranked, um, people very wide, like very widely on um, what to do about these other domestic issues, right? The ones that we mentioned, same-sex marriage, energy, uh, labor rights, things like that. Um, but then as these issues kind of see to the background, to the China, to the China question, you know, I, I think, um, you know, people sort of said, okay, we may disagree with the president on how she handled these other domestic issues, but on the China question, at least I mostly stand with her, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously disregarding a few, you know, technical differences here and there, but I think um, for the most part, I want to say people do either approve of her or are okay with her, um, and especially putting her against somebody like Han Guoyu, right? Unless you are one of his um, diehard fans, or if you are somebody who will not vote DPP based on principle, um, then you'll say, okay, you know, I kind of see that there's a big difference between the two. So, so yeah, I, I think people people say, okay, you know, I do disagree with her on these certain things, but for the most part, I um, I still support her given the choices that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, recently she's um, uh, made some pretty strong statements about um, the relationship between Taiwan and China, and then there's also like uh, you mentioned earlier the what's going on in Hong Kong. Could you talk a little bit about that and how that might be impacting the election or even uh, President Tsai Ing-wen's approval rating? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, so I, I do have, uh, I do know people who, um, you know, will say, you know, don't blame everything. Don't give Hong Kong, like, don't blame everything from Hong Kong, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do think um, there are quite a lot of people in Taiwan watching what's going on in Hong Kong. And, you know, that's, I think, I want to say that's probably one of the things that's coloring their perception of the world in general, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think most people tend to think of Hong Kong as a, you know, okay, they're, they've found some way to live with China, to compromise with China, and look, they're, 
you know, I think in most people's minds, you know, Hong Kong is this bustling, you know, thriving, rich kind of, uh, you know, city, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think when people now see what's going on in Hong Kong, I think psychologically, I want to say for a lot of people, there's a, oh my goodness, I didn't think things would get this bad or in, in Hong Kong, right? And I think, um, you know, you have people who are sympathetic to the protesters or who are saying, okay, they're fighting for democracy, they're, um, you know, I support them. So for these people, obviously, they're saying, okay, we do not want any more. This is what happens when you compromise with China. This is what happens when, um, you know, when you uh, are not um, firm in your um, stance with China. Mm-hmm. And so these people are obviously going to be supporting President Tsai and her party. Um, I think on the other hand, you have people who, um, you know, are either saying, okay, you know what, I don't, I don't want to see what's going on in Hong Kong, it has nothing to do with me, that's nothing to do with Taiwan, we're not, that's not us. Um, you know, obviously, for these people, the Hong Kong situation will factor in a lot less with their, how they view Taiwan's politics. Well, that's um, interesting that you say that because I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that because it, I don't know if in the case of what's happening in Hong Kong most uh, recently this year that you can't say it has nothing to do with Taiwan because there's been some things that happened very specifically that put into question um, you know, the relationship between Hong Kong and Taiwan. Like I'm talking about the murder case, right? Like, um, right. Could you talk a little bit about that and where we stand on that? Um, I mean, I think the murder case, which led to, um, which led to the um, extradition law, which then led to the first protest, which then led to, um, I would say, sort of a breakdown, a mm-hmm. complete breakdown. Oh, could we rewind a little bit and just tell people yeah, sure. what exactly like was um, happened there? Uh, okay, so um, I'm not hundred percent clear on all the details right now, but. Um, Basically, there was a um, a man who uh, I want to say he murdered his girlfriend in Taiwan, but then he then fled to Hong Kong. Right. Yeah, that's the gist of it. We don't need to get into all the specifics. But yeah. uh, and then the the question is, well, this, he should be tried in Taiwan because the victim is Taiwan, uh, but there's no extra treat. There's no formal extradition arrangement mm-hmm. between Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, at this time, then the Hong Kong government basically says, "Okay, well, then we're going to have let's put together extradition arrangement, but then we're going to send people to China." <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and then that's the question. Well, th- th- it ha- right. this is involving Taiwan, not China. Why is China getting involved now? <laughs> because China does one well. I mean, both Hong Kong and China, right. Hong Kong and Taiwan, right. both China. So mm-hmm. everybody should be sent to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Completely bizarre, but that's how that's what people get really upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the, you know, and but more importantly, at the prospect of you know, being sent to China to be tried for crimes and things. So, uh, it, um, I I think in Taiwan, right? So if you look at Taiwan, obviously um, among um, my closer friends and people that um, you know, that was a, you know, Hong Kong is I think such a big topic. Um, Obviously, in the U.S., you know, people are paying attention to what's going on in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Taiwan, um, you know, obviously, you have uh, a lot of people who do pay attention to what's going on in Hong Kong. I think you also have a um, portion of the population who are one. Um, 
either just not as interested, they don't pay attention to you know, news outside of Taiwan, mm-hmm. or they are choosing to not pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there are people who are paying attention to it, who are sympathetic, uh, who are not sympathetic to the protesters, who are um, <clears throat> getting, you know, who are sort of more on the side of the uh, of Beijing and the Hong Kong authorities are saying, okay, well, these are rowdy kids who you know set things on fire and they should be punished. Mm-hmm. And so the people who do see that as well. Now um, there is um, a factor where, as I mentioned, one of the four major newspapers, um, one of the major TV networks in mm-hmm. Taiwan, mm-hmm. Um, owned by the Wang Group, which um, is a big food conglomerate, has a lot of business in China. Mm-hmm. The chairman is very close uh, to the leadership in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, basically, his TV channel, his newspaper, his magazines that um, essentially copy and paste, he copied and pasted uh, Beijing's Taiwan propaganda. Right. So he, there, the, the media is basically, uh, you know, essentially propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party, and a lot of people do watch. You know, do read the newspaper and do watch the TV, uh, do watch the news on this channel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that um, definitely colors that. Um, you know, their perspective in you know, in that way. Right. Um. Okay. How, let, let's talk about the third candidate that we haven't talked about yet, James Song. Um. Sure. So he. Um, he is. Uh, let me let me give him a of that. So he um, was a he had he has been a KMT elite all the way up until the year two thousand, mm-hmm. right? So even a man he was um, groomed by the back then the, the then one party state as a political leader. Um, so he was um, the head of the government information office back in the days, which um, during that time was a propaganda and censorship organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that became um, the first and the only elected governor of Taiwan province when there was a provincial government in Taiwan in addition to the national president. Um, and so in 2000, um, so basically in, two, in leading up to 2000, the 2000 election, um, he was uh, sort of the favor to become um you know, the, the next presidential candidate after Li Donghui. Um, except at the time, Li Donghui picked his vice president, Vien Zhan, to be the KMT's mm-hmm. nominee for president. And so he ran a third party, uh, sort of a third, he became a third independent candidate. He basically came out and said, I'm going to run for president myself because uh, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. Right. Um, and so. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Could we rewind a little bit? Because that was very interesting what you said before that he was, uh, what was the, you said the title was like the provincial, um, the province of Taiwan. So at one time there was one position for Taiwan and then Taiwan as as the province of Taiwan. Right. Right. So this was, um, if you remember the history, right, so the current government in Taiwan, the Republic of China, um, used to be nominally the whole the government of all of China until right. 1949. Right. right. Um, even when 1949, when the People's Republic of China was formed, um, the Republic of China government in Taiwan basically says, well, we don't recognize Beijing. We are still the sole legitimate government of all of China. Right. 
right? So to kind of keep up that um, that facade, they basically have to say, well, we're the central government. Um, Taiwan is a province of all of China, uh, you know, under the Republic of China, mm-hmm. and so Taiwan's provincial government state. Um, right. So, so I was just wondering, what year was that? So that was so the Taiwan provincial government was formed um, after Taiwan was um, after Japan gave up Taiwan after World War Two mm-hmm. and after China took control over Taiwan. Mm-hmm. This provincial government was in, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. basically so, in 1905. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting that to th- reflect back on that and to think that someone in that position is now running for the president presidential position, right? And when was that uh, the the provincial position dropped? Um, so that was dropped in nineteen ninety seven. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, yeah. So he, uh, James Song, he's run for president in two thousand. And the um, the what happened in the year two thousand is very interesting, right? So you have um, the KMT's Lian Zhan running uh, for president. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. uh, Tsai from mm-hmm. the DP. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, James Song from uh, running an independent. Yeah. Um, but you know, everybody at up, up, up until then basically like saw James Song and Lian Zhan both as KMT candidates. Uh-huh. Right. So within the KMT, basically, you have people who supported like, James Song. You have people who supported Lian Zhan. And, right. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, mm-hmm. I want as long as you have the highest number of votes you can win right mm-hmm. so if you have a three-way race mm-hmm. all you have to do is get more than 33 mm-hmm. percent right well, basically you have, as long as you have more than more votes than the other two guys you don't have to win an absolute majority right mm-hmm. so uh, in that in that yes. race since they're gonna have 39 percent right. i want to say james will have 37 percent wow. and then mm-hmm. uh, Yanzhan, I think, had 23%. Mm-hmm. So that year, I, that year was the very first year that Taiwan had gone for a peaceful transition of power from mm-hmm. the KMT to mm-hmm. the... Right, so if you imagine yourself at the time, um, at that time, before March 2000, Taiwan was not... Taiwan had been ruled by the KMT for, you know, 55 years, mm-hmm. right? No one heard... You know, it was it was not. No one had any actual memory of Taiwan being run by a, a different party. Yet it happened. But the way it all happened was only because you know people on the KMT side basically thought, "Well, James Song, if you hadn't run, you know, if you hadn't declared your presidency, we would want because mm-hmm. if their votes, mm-hmm. they outnumbered the right. by a lot." Right. Right. And so, and even ever since then, James Song basically said, "You know what, I." Um, you know, I, I have what it takes to be president. I almost won that election in 2000. Mm-hmm. In 2004, um, Lian and James Song partnered up as a president-vice-president ticket. Right, um, right. And um, basically that was yet another uh, momentous moment in yeah. Taiwan's democratic history. <laughs> they lost by, you know, less than a percentage point. Mm-hmm. Then um, James Song, you know, had his, uh, formed his own party. And then basically has been trying to run for. I mean, he's been trying to become president ever since then. No, I think um, he holds a record for running the most times, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, yeah, as far as I know, in all the countries that yeah. <laughs> I, um, I I know, but um, yeah, I think he 
Uh, I think I, right. I mean, he is. I, I I think he's almost now run for president. Okay, so for the people voting for the first time in Taiwan this year, mm-hmm. uh, for most of their lives, James Song has been running for president. Essentially, right? Because the voting age in twenty in, in Taiwan is twenty mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you yeah. know, a one year old when James Song first ran for president. A one-year-old baby then is now voting, you know, in the presidential well, election. Well, there, yeah, that'll give us some perspective. <laughs> yeah. So um, right now, I mean, for the younger generation now, he's kind of one of their jokes, right? It's like, uh, well, you know, some baby like running for president ever mm. since I was born. Mm. Oh, that's funny. And so, um, you know, I think people who and, and he again, he is sort of representing that. Um, uh, he's. I mean, to at least according to him, he's trying to forge some sort of a middle way, right? He's saying, "Well, this China question, you know, I'm trying to force some sort of a way between, you know, being completely defiant of China versus being completely surrendering to China." So he's Ooh, trying to do say you that really believe that he's taking the middle? It's interesting. I think. I I think. Um, so he's. I, I think over the years he's sort of that sort of become his brand. Um, but on, I think on the one hand, as I mentioned, his record, his resume had been so steep in the DPP one party, uh, sorry, the KMP one party state mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Saying, well, I mean, you were uh, you know basically a rising star in the dictatorship. Now we're supposed to believe that you are going to force some sort of a yeah, he was he was the head of the censorship, right? I mean, people exactly. have a very short yeah. memory. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's one. Two, again, um, you know, for the younger generation, they're looking at him like, well, you're this really old guy who's been <laughs> trying to become president mm-hmm. and feel really hard every mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. so I don't see why this going to be any different. Yeah, they're not too inspired. He's not too inspiring of a candidate. Because for all of their lives, he's been... That's what he is has been about. He's the guy yeah. who always wants for president, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think to be fair, also mm-hmm. if you look at you know, the trends in the past 20, 30 years, um, mm-hmm. I think there was a time in the past when China was not, um, you know, the world's second largest economy. They mm-hmm. were just yes. um, people at the time. You know, I think rightly so. Who said, you know, maybe there's an optimistic way to look at this. Maybe China will. You know, liberalize. Maybe mm. you know we can be friends with China. Mm. Maybe there is some sort of a third way we can, mm. yeah, through creative diplomacy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know very smart maneuvering and political, you know, wisdom. Which uh, James Sung claims that he, all right. So well, know, China's also, a whole different ball game. I don't know about it takes right, more so, than just the creative wisdom. Exactly, <laughs> and I think. Um, even here in the United States, people are having yeah. that, um, you know, high-level, you know, big fundamental discussion as to, okay, you know, we were optimistic about China, about them opening up the mm-hmm. uh, they becoming a capitalist a market economy, leading them to democratize, right? And I think people now are saying, well, they sort of went the other way. Um, they've become, you know, the market economy and then now becoming... An even more closed and uh, you know suppressive society, and so even in the United States, they're we're having this conversation here. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, I think you know the, the 
chances of somebody making a very good case of, yeah, you know, let's have some sort of creative diplomacy, um, a creative solution um, with Beijing. I think that's uh, a lot less convincing now than it may have been back you know, 30 or 20 years ago. Yeah, we've had a lot more time to see, you know, uh, how China's changed and what's happening in Hong Kong, so I'm sure that gives people a lot more, um, con- you know, reason to have concern. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think, um, you know, that's been dominating the, ele- the election campaign in Taiwan, and, you know, that's honestly been dominating how you know people look at you know people in the states and how people around the world look at Taiwan and Hong Kong look at yeah something a little bit of a side note like cause, uh, I'm not so aware of like how this came about but I know that in the past the, the elections used to be held in March and it, um, it's gotten moved up to um, January um, so yeah. what's so um, yeah, I'll have to deal with that. Yeah. So, um, so in Taiwan, um, there are um, so you know people in like um, local community leaders like Li Zhang and Chang There are uh, town and township mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. city level mm-hmm. city councils, mm-hmm. mayors. Mm-hmm. Um, there are county level commissioners, county council, um, and there are um, there used to be provincial government as I mentioned, um, and then there are national legislative and presidential election. And so throughout, in the 90s, when Taiwan was democratizing, all of these elections kind of came up, like, became, that came about in different times, right? So mm-hmm. if you imagine um, in this year, that's okay, now we're going to have national legislative election. And mm-hmm. I think that was 1992, I want to mm-hmm. say. Or 19, I want to say that was 1982, was the first time. Right? But it wasn't until four years later that the president became an electable position, mm-hmm. a, a position where you can right. vote, right? right. So, Basically, it was a sort of this piecemeal, gradual process, where, and the result of that is um, you basically have elections, you know, every year or, you know, twice or even three times a year or at different times. Yeah. Right. And so basically, um, people said, you know, that's like, a lot of like going, a lot of voting <laughs> all lot year of round. Yeah. Right, and so if you are a political leader, you're basically campaigning all the time without yeah. really doing <laughs> exactly. You know, when when I when do you have time to do your actual job, right? And so, um, at some point, I think it was during the Mind administration, they basically mm-hmm. said, "Okay, we're just going to consolidate all of the uh, election mm-hmm. on the same day, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you have um, one election on the same day that happens every four years. That's um, all the local elections, right? So anything that's not mm-hmm. national legislature and national president, you're doing um, on, uh, and this is the easy way to remember, you're doing on the years when you have Winter Olympics, right? So <laughs> 2000, right. 2006, 2010, uh-huh. right? 14, and then 2018, which is last year. Right. Uh, so that's all the local elections. Oh. And then you have the national elections every, um, on the, all the years you have summer Olympics, right? So 2000, 2004, 2008, 
um, to participate in the elections. And I'm just wondering if you could reflect on what you've seen um, in observing the elections and participating over over the years, how you what changes you've seen or observations you have. Uh, sure. I think um, I want. I, well, first I will say things that haven't changed. Um, you know, obviously it's a you know we go there. It's a it's it's a carnival. This is a time when people are on the streets. You have um, candidates. Uh, you know, on on the streets on in, in their car. You know, sort of waving to the people. On it's it's this you know very uh, you know. It's always like festive uh, time. Oh, absolutely. I remember the first time, like when I was living in town, I experienced like the rallies outdoors and the fireworks and the dramatic music. It's a whole production. Yeah. And I think um, over the years, people have definitely, um, you know, professionalized a lot of this, right? Mm -hmm. So you have professional um, companies who make Mm -hmm. the sign. You Mm -hmm. have, um, you know, people who who put on on these you know, rallies and events professionally. Mm. Uh, you know, I think one thing that has um, improved over time is the, uh, you know, the graphic design and sort of how professional. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think the, um, and one, one thing is, you know, I, over the years, I think the voting for now, the voters for now um, has um, steadily declined a little bit, um, but it's still very high at, you know, 60, 70%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, on election day, you go out. In, in Taiwan, uh, one of the things that's special is there's no absentee voting in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And you have to go to mm-hmm. your um, place of registration, your location of registration mm-hmm. to vote, right? And so, um, you know, especially for a lot of students who are in, in college, um, a lot of uh, people who are, uh, you know, working at, in the cities who have uh, you know, family at home. So there's a, it's huge, it's a huge travel time for people yeah, as well. Right. Um, you know, to vote. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we talk a lot about the politics and how vicious it can be and how, you know, people, how hotly debated some of these topics are. But I think the, the remarkable thing in Taiwan is on election day, it's actually very quiet. Um, obviously mm-hmm. campaigning is, you know, is not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sunday or Saturday, people wake up in the morning, they go line up at their local elementary school mm-hmm. or their local temple. Um, you know, and the whole process is very quiet. People go in, they vote, mm-hmm. they come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think that, that sort of, I think people have come, you know, over the years, people have come to expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, Last year uh, was the first time people had um, a, a ballot measure, um, and there were ten different ballot questions and uh, ten different pieces of paper that people had to vote. Wow. And so, um, so that actually was a big uh, controversy for a mm-hmm. while because people are saying, "Well, you know, this is uh, people were waiting three hours in line wow. to vote." Yeah. Yeah. But well, people were watching on their phones, exit polls, and um, you know. People, yeah, before they even had a chance to vote, and so um, wow. you know that was. But this year, there's no. Um, They're gonna streamline that. Yeah. No, it's it's very quiet, um, but you know there's also a lot of a lot of traveling. The trains are super crowded. Right. You know? 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because a lot of people, they're like wherever they're registered vote may not be the same as where they're actually living and working. Yeah, but I, I think um, you know, you and I probably remember um, you know the first time, the second time, uh, the election, national elections were a thing in Taiwan, right? Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. it was this huge momentous thing because it was like, wow, this is the first time yeah. ever in yeah. And you know, in in nineteen ninety six, remember people are like, "This is the very first time ever yes. in a Chinese society yeah. mm -hmm. in five thousand years, the first time the national <gasps> it's historic, yeah. people, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of a cool way to look at it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I think over the years, people now, especially you know, the people who can vote for the first time this year, would have been born in the year of um, the first transition, peaceful transition of power in Taiwan, right? And so, like, democracy mm -hmm. is, like, they've all their, their lives have known, you know, kind of be a democratic society. Mm -hmm. All their lives have been, mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, voting, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that. a very interesting point. Yeah. So, yeah, so for them, you know, it's not, uh, this, you know, hard, it, it, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying which way is better, but, you know, it's not, for them, it's not this hard won right that I have to protect and exercise. Yeah, yeah of course, the sentiment, the context is completely different. Right. Yeah. For them, it's like, well, this is just, you know, this is the fact of life. You have to vote. And, you know, mm -hmm. this is, it's drinking water and breathing air. Like, mm -hmm. this is just a is, right? And so, again, we talk, we talk about, you know, what's going on in Hong Kong, right? People say, well, you know, if you take away, if one day this right to vote, you know, this right to choose your political future is taken away, mm -hmm. there are people. And be like, you know, we fought so hard about this for this. There's no way we're gonna give it up. Mm -hmm. But there are people who are saying, well, this is all we know, all we, I've known all my life. And, you know, there's no, like, I'm not gonna let you take this away. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's, uh, um, you know, something to kind of reflect about, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even thinking back to like the first, presidential election and like China's tactics, you know, China's tactics used to be a lot more overt, um, you know, with the, you know, lobbing missiles and trying to um, exert like um, brute force to see if that would somehow um, sway the voters of Taiwan um, and look at their tactics now. It's like night and day and then, the, you know, the rise of China. So it's very interesting also to reflect on, you know, how things have changed in that sense too but the one thing that's constant is that you know the um situation with china is still very um still a hot topic hot topic always yeah yeah and you know i don't think anybody thinks that's going away anytime soon i think it's only going to get you know yeah, same thing, different tactics. <laughs> wow, okay, well, thank you very much. I think you've given us a pretty good overview with three candidates. We have Tsai Ing-wen, the incumbent president. We have uh, a Hong Kong Yu, the KMT candidate who's branding himself as the everyday man, and then James Song, who has um, spent a lot of time trying to get elected as the president of Taiwan, who's taking this uh, middle road. And um, yeah, hopefully... After listening to our conversation, people are pretty much, you know, up to date and understanding, like, who are the candidates and what's going on in the upcoming presidential election. Are you going to be in Taiwan for that? 
yes, I will. And if I may do a little plug, um, Katakana Media um, will be covering um, bits and pieces of the election just um, from the ground. Oh, that's um, and excellent. And also, if you'd like to, um, and we have covered um, all of the topics that we uh, talked about today in more detail. So if anybody out there wants to know more about um, Chinese misinformation in Taiwan, um, voting systems in Taiwan, um, the history of democratization in Taiwan, and um, you know, all you can find all of that on KataganaMedia.com. Oh, yes. Um, if you want to do a little bit more reading um, during your uh, holiday vacation. <laughs> Great. Actually, Ting, when we get off, maybe you can, uh, or I can even look up some links and I'll put them in the notes on our website when we release the podcast so people can refer to that and they can do a deeper dive if they want to um, know a little bit more about the background, um, you know, related to the elections in Taiwan. Great. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I've been speaking with Che Ting Ye about Taiwan's upcoming presidential election. As Ting mentioned, Kadakalan Media will be covering Taiwan's presidential election. So for up-to-date information on the election, you can visit their website at www.kadakalanmedia.com. You can also find Kadakalan Media, that's K-E-T-A-G-A-L-A-N Media, on Facebook and Twitter. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please take the time to rate us and give us a review. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.